0: TheWellnesscoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives.
1: Welcome
2: to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce.
1: Hello, and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you for episode 483 of this podcast, and I could never, ever, ever do it without my brother from another mother. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. How are you, great man? Oh, I'm great. Thanks, MDP. Great to be joining you
0: again. Uh, and what a very special story we've got today. Absolutely incredible. This. And, uh, how's life? How good is life?
1: Life is so good. And I think today, Damo, we could be telling the greatest love story ever. On 100 Not Out, because two of our 100 Not Out alumni, our previous guests, Australia's original king of pop, Normie Rowe, and the world's number one spa chef, Sammy Gowing, have been an item for many, many years. And just a few weeks ago, at the ripe young age of 75, Normie popped the question to his beloved Sammy, and she said, yes, how good's that, Damo? Come on, that's unbelievable. How good is that? Good <laughs> on we, you. He's a maniac. got it. He's a maniac. We just had to get them on to enjoy in the festivities of such a heartwarming story. Normie and Sammy, welcome back to 100. Not out, you great big lovebirds. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you. Thanks, great to you see too. you both. <laughs> <laughs> uh normie
0: what are you laughing it's unbelievable at? <laughs> it, what what am i laughing at the yeah, same was, well i'm expecting a bit a of gold laugh. from you today i've got to tell you normie gotta gotta uh gotta i'm expecting gold from you hey normie tell me the story um how did it happen what did you do how did you propose to sammy how, what is was it was it romantic did you fly actually, over the hoover dam
3: i actually proposed in front of a couple of friends and some members of my family at my place a, a few months ago, and she just didn't believe me. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> a
1: hard oh, nut to crack.
3: I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that non response, <laughs> and so you help. know time trickled along, and and a couple of weeks ago we were in the shopping centre, and I was I thought, oh, this is ridiculous. Have a look in this window here. Is there anything that you like here? And she said, Oh, yeah. And you know, the,
2: the, it was a jewelry shop, not a pet shop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Didn't need a new dog. I can see you wearing a bachelor around your bloody uh. finger. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: but she uh, uh, looked in the window and said, Oh, I like that one. I like that one. And I'm thinking, Oh, bloody hell 25,000,
1: 30,000.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <000, laughs> So we went down to... Cheap to, day,
1: uh, cheap
3: day. <laughs> we went down to um, the reject shop. <laughs> <laughs> Got some uh, chocolate. We, 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 we actually went on to the next uh, jewellery store and, and there were some, some lovely, lovely rings there and Sammy and looked at a couple of them. Um, and I said, "Well, you know, you can only wear one of those at a time. Which <laughs> which one would you like?" He said, oh, "I like that one." And I said, oh, "All right, we'll have that one." And it fitted straight away. And I, we'll have that one. And Samantha said, "Are you not? Are you, you're not kidding." <laughs> <laughs> it took that long. <laughs> and I said, "What can I do? I'm a serial
1: a serial betrothed." <laughs> wow, this is so this is so cool. Sammy, I didn't know you were so stubborn. I knew you were stubborn in some things, but I didn't know Normie had to ask you twice, if not three times, to make this official and literally put a ring on your finger for you to believe the man that he was deadly serious. Well, but I've supp- like
2: loved the trifecta, you know that. <laughs>
1: you, you always have loved the, the trifecta. She wakes up in the
3: middle of the night. She's got a special LED over the bed and she turns it on, and puts the ring up there, and it sparkles away. <laughs> she says,
2: Look, <laughs> it's
1: like a disco ball on my hand. Oh, it's oh, so right. good. Well, this is, I mean, this this story, I think what we would love to chat about on this episode is actually how many almost social can of worms it opens for conversations and friends and family and this whole conversation around aging, well, and longevity. So, Sam, I might go to you first, because uh, I know Normie's been married before, and Sammy, you haven't. You're a woman who I think is only 21, but sometimes I think you're in your 50s. And pop culture often says it's all down here, all downhill from here, you know, when you turn 40 or 50, um, and it, you know, your best years are behind you, and all of these ridiculous comments. What does it take? Um, for someone at your stage of life to say yes? It obviously took a few times for you to believe, Normie, but what does it take for you to actually own it and go, yes, I am going to get married and I give you my heart for the rest of my life?
2: Well, I, I mean, that is a great question. and A lot of it's about surrender and it's not surrendering my heart to Normie. It's actually shifting my own paradigm from always being driven and focused on essentially my work life and our work and life are very intertwined. But to actually surrender and now he is my ultimate priority, which you always was, but he's much more important than everything else that I've been striving to, you know, succeed and achieve at.
3: I, I also think um, you learn to live a solo life. You do learn oh. to live that. You learn to be able to go to sleep at night by yourself. You need to be able to you, look after yourself Nutritionally, you, you you get to be able to be comfortable um, in in uh, your uniqueness, and it's that's a great lesson in its own thing. I and I think, in many ways, um, in many ways, it's part of maturity that most people don't really get the opportunity to to experience because. You know, most people get engaged early in life, and and I know that there's a huge amount of, of uh, uh, divorce in all sorts of relationships, but um, I've got a lot of friends who have been married for 50 years, and this one in particular is a Vietnam veteran, and I, I said how long, to his wife, I said, how long have you been together? And she said, well, we've been married for 50, 50 years, but... We we met at high school when I was 15. And yeah. I said, Oh, geez. I tell you what, tonight when you go home, you go to the drawer where you keep where he keeps his medals. I guess that's at the bedside table in the drawer there. And she said, Yes, how do you know? And I said, because they all do. And <laughs> and I said, you go there, get those medals out, polish them up, and stick them on your chest
1: for staying that long. <laughs> Not a bad achievement, is it? A, a, a marriage well lived is a great achievement. Yeah, but a marriage a marriage well lived with a Vietnam veteran, mate, that's that's a real a real
0: task. people heartworthy, yeah, yeah. But
3: uh, you know, um, I think I I think the comfort of the with me, it's the lack of pressure. I don't have anybody saying to me, um, "Come home now." Like I, I went out to lunch on um, uh, on Saturday, um, I, and I said, "Was it Saturday or Sunday? Sunday?" Sunday. And and I I just phoned Sammy and I said, "We're going to go and have a bite to eat." And she said, "Well, you go and have a bite to eat, and I'll I'll do this thing." Well, I've never had that before. It's like, well, I can't go, so you better not. And some of the pressures that are in relationships are really silly. Um, and I just, I'm so glad that I don't have those pressures with Samantha, Mm. you know, and she spent Mm. so much time in the hospitality game uh, that I guess, you know, she's very comfortable, A, in her own skin, but she's very comfortable in social situations and social relationships. It's it's amazing. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's unreal. I was uh, I was reading in the paper the other day about Hollywood and how it um it's so focused on this um gender and age gap. You know, they get a older bloke with a younger woman. Now, normally, um, you're seventy five years young, and Sammy's what twenty one or something. Um, take us through the mindset of someone at your stage of life who decides to get married. Is it is it just is it something you kind of go? Um, I've found the partner I want to spend with, with the rest of my life, or is this you know is this something that you kind of go? I know, I know you just said you don't have any pressure, but is it something you kind of felt compelled that you needed to do, or is it like is it this is something that I know is absolutely spot on right, and this is where I'm heading?
3: You know, I I really think that it's got a lot to do with um, I I like this person so much that. It would be it would be really painful for me not to be able to look after her if she's in a situation where she needs that sort of care and and looking after. Um, and and Sammy just said uh, yesterday or, or this morning she said my job is to look after you and and I think that's probably a, a a prerequisite for a really good relationship, and you know, when I was about fifteen, I said to my dad, "I think I want to be a pop singer when I grow up," and he said, "You can't do both." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh, oh Norman, you a pop singer, I love it. He's one of the best.
3: You <laughs> said. Is it one of the things that about about you? Is that if you're going to be a recording artist, it's probably a good idea not to not to record anything you can't sing when you're 60. (laughs) Well, at 75, I can still sing, shaken all over, but the actions are easier.
1: Look at him. He's got gags about himself. I love it. This is the most self-deprecating humor. Normie, you're too good at this. You
3: won't ever hear that on on the project because you're always taking the piss out of some other person.
1: Oh, that's too (laughs) good. Yeah, no, you're very good (laughs) at laying it on yourself. This is too funny. So what I want to know is, folks, since you've told people of the engagement story, Normie went once, he went twice, he went three times. Sammy said yes. What do your friends and family say? Um, about the two of you being engaged? What's what's the response? Well, a
2: lot of people rang like extended friends or friends I've met through Norm and just were beside themselves. They were so overjoyed, like truly overjoyed. And some of my closest friends, of course, are just delighted and everyone wants to have a party i mean ultimately people love a good wedding and whether they're going to get that or not there will be a party of some sort so i mean there are other people previously who are kind of like oh what do you want to get married for you know but that's their story that's (laughs) their experience and they may have been in a successful marriage and perhaps it ended for other reasons So they've had that experience, but I haven't had that experience and I've lived a very full life. I'm 56 now. And that all? Yes, all
1: right.
2: Sammy, normally thought you were
1: 21. What's going on here? (laughs) You've been telling me lies all these years. Get the the liquid
2: paper out immediately. So, you know, this is another adventure that I want to have and, you know, it's our story and it's our relationship and it's got nothing to do with other people, really, particularly at this age, you know. We're not responsible for too many other people externally.
3: Can I tell you a couple of, a couple of things, right? Um, Only if they're jokes. Nah, <laughs> yeah. go, go. Um, my, my kids, and, and, you know, they're, they're grown up, and they said, Dad, why do you keep going out? with all these young women. They're all 20 years younger than you. And I said, well, well, I gave an answer and I can't really say what I said because it would insult a lot of the people in my audience. But nevertheless, um, I, I, I said, well, you know, it's, it's sort of, I guess it's like I can't afford the house I want to live in and I don't want to live in the house I can afford. If you know what I mean, <laughs> so that having said that, um, they all meet Samantha and they said, Oh, Samantha, she's great, she's a keeper, dad. And
1: one of them said, And I can't really say it, can I, on this podcast? Tread warily, Normie, tread warily. We've said, got millions of listeners. Um, whatever you do, we love, her. we love Samantha, whatever you do, don't you? Stuff this it. one up, stuff it up. Oh, <laughs> well, you've they come this far. I can't imagine you two stuffing this up, Sammy or Normie.
3: And I said, "But, but, how old do you think Samantha is?" And they said, "It doesn't. We don't care." And I said, "Well, <laughs> well how come you cared the last few times?" <laughs> uh, and, and they just, they just said that uh, that uh, it it doesn't seem to be a, an age. Thing. It doesn't mm, seem yeah. to be. It's just, mm. it's a, we just laugh a lot. And I really think that that's a big key, especially at this time of our, our lives, you know, when we've done all the other hurtful things in our lives for, with other people. We've been hurt, we've probably hurt other people as well. But, you know, you get to this stage where just being a, living in a comfortable relationship and being knowing that you've got this really close friendship is uh, and companionship is wonderful you know
1: and i think it just goes to show um that you know it is symptomatic and not necessarily in a good way that we do want to talk about this story of a 75 year old and a 56 year old getting married because unfortunately it is novel and unique and we do look at the the biological age of the two individuals. But when you think about it from the perspective of, of love, that's actually not even accurate. If two human beings love each other, whether they're, you know, 55 and 35 or 75 and 56, it actually doesn't matter what the number is. And I think your, your children normally are saying that. It's like, who cares what age Sammy is? We love her to bits. It yeah. doesn't actually matter what year she was born. And I think that's a really, um, that's a really beautiful thing for your kids to say.
2: And, Marcus, we've only got two choices in life, as you well know, is fear and love. Mm. So really when it all comes down to it, you know, are you scared of doing something and not just about a relationship or is that fear holding you back or is love pushing you forward? So
1: Mm. in
2: the great polarity of the earth and, you know, the master of the universe, then if they're your two choices, wouldn't you always go with love rather than being fearful of love and Mm. getting hurt?
1: Absolutely. Well said, Sammy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I've always,
3: I've always said, you've only got two things in your, life, in your life. You've got choice. That's the that's the the major thing, and you've got a choice of to do something or not to do something. You wake up in the morning. Do I go? Do I stay awake, or do I go back to sleep? Do I get out of bed? Do I stay in bed? Do mm. I make my bed? Do I leave it unmade? Do I have a shower? Do I not? do I go out or not? Do every single thing you do during your life has has a, a, a choice and a consequence. Now, the consequence can be positive or negative, but if you choose the positive consequence each time and you get into the habit of doing that so it becomes almost subconscious, uh, you're going to end up with a really positive life. And, uh, you know, I struck upon that quite a few years ago. I don't know. It was probably 30 years ago. Um, and... Uh, I I did this seminar (laughs) with high school kids, and there was a guy called Paul Dunn, I think, and his bent was positive mental attitude. Um, And uh, basically, he said you can couch just about everything you say or do in a positive sense or a negative sense. For instance, if somebody says, hi, mate, how are you? Quite often you say, not bad. What's that mean? Two negative words. Two negatives. Right, yeah. not too bad. That's that's the thirty percent negative. But if you say one word good, it's a hundred percent positive. And if you can couch everything you say in a positive sense, then you, after a while, it becomes your narrative. Mm. And and I and I believe in that. Pardon <coughs> I me. Mean, and I, I, just after I did this thing, I used to answer the phone and uh, and somebody would say, "Hey mate, how are you?" I'd say, "Not bad." This next day I picked the phone up and it was an agent from Melbourne and he said, g'day, mate, how are you? I said, I'm great. And he said, really? Why? Yeah. And I said, well, now I have to find a reason. Well, I live on the Gold Coast, the sun's shining. I've just done most of my admin for the morning. I'm going to spend the next couple of hours until until uh, it's time uh, for the, for the tide to change on the lilo. With the cordless my, uh, telephone, and then after that, I'm going out and I'm going to go fishing. What what's not great about all that? And and he said, "Oh, right. Well, I was ringing you to see if you had the phone number of another another artist because I have a gig for him. But seeing that, uh, seeing I've got you on the line now, maybe you'd like that gig." And I walked away with three weeks in in a place. Um, I won't say where it was, uh, but at you know a really good fee for three weeks, and they paid for my wife and my kids to go as well. And I I put the phone down and I said, "Bullshit!
1: <laughs> this stuff actually so, works." <laughs> from that
3: moment on, I I tried really hard to just to get into the habit of being positive, doing saying positive things because you you're, you're Whatever you're saying, you have to think about it first, and that does become a positive narrative. And a friend of mine, who, whom I I was his best man nearly forty, fifty years ago, he said, "You've become so positive. What's happened?" And I, and I said, "Oh, nothing much. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want you to be that positive because because you're an agent. And I don't want to get more gigs from you." <laughs> but uh, can't you share the secret. And, and to me, Samantha has been, you know, a breath of fresh air because um, you're, you're just the same way, you know. You look at things in a really positive thing and you you see people, you want to help people, you love people, they love you in return like I can't believe. It's, it's fantastic.
2: I think there's there a cultivation around that though, you know. It's about without getting too wooly, but it is a vibrational energy, isn't it? You know, you protect that positivity and I work hard at my positivity and if I don't do my yoga practice or my spiritual work as well as my physical work, then, you know, I get shortchanged. But a lot of it, I shortchange myself, I should say. I need to know when to pick myself up. But also, importantly, I need to know when it's actually okay to be in that low spot because things always change rather than always trying to, you know, dig yourself out of an emotional hole or whatever. You've got to sit and be in that moment because, like water, it will also pass. And positivity is an exercise. It's like meditation. You kind of have to work at it and you reap the rewards from that. Yeah. I think
3: also there's, there's this thing about uh, that I learned some time back when I was going through a pretty tough time with PTSD um, and the, the neuropsychologist was talking to me and she said, do you understand that uh, everything you feel is a direct consequence of everything you think? So what you're thinking creates the feeling. So when you're feeling in that black hole, when the, when the, the black dog is chasing you, when you're feeling like there's no end, when you're feeling overwhelmed, by all means, get some professional help, but also remember that immediately you've got to start thinking and searching what it is you've been thinking or even dreaming about in the nighttime that has put you into that state of feeling or emotion. Then go to a positive part. You know, they talk about your your peaceful place or your quiet place or whatever. Um, I don't even think it's right to put a name on it it's just a place that where you don't feel that you feel this this a much better sense a better time in your life a better place a bit, it could be spatial it could be a feeling a sense but you've got to try and control your thinking to where where everything is a much more uh peaceful um and and not aggressive uh, uh, thing because sometimes those those aggressive things can be causing these dreadful things and and it's part of my strategy now and I don't take any um, any um, uh, antidepressants or any of that sort of stuff anymore I had them for a while I didn't agree with me and I had to try and find another way
2: you found me in human <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, person, totally. that Which is so good
0: i knew another question so i love that and thanks so much for sharing that um earlier on uh, maybe 15 minutes ago i reckon sabby you said you said um we're on a journey we're on a journey together and then that was kind of coming off the back of normally saying you know i like this person so much that i want to look after her um i want to know what what is it what's the journey going to be like, what, what what are your shared dreams of the future? What do you both look forward to in the coming decades? What are you looking forward to doing together rather than just looking after each other? And well, Normie, don't tell me too much information, okay, mate?
2: We
3: t- <laughs> well, you know, I mean,
2: We have a great life that we've created together. We live separately at this stage, but we travel together and we often... Pre-pandemic would work in the same town together, and so that continuation of joy and our happiness when we see each other is, you know, more of the same. Please, you know, I'll have double next time round. <laughs> Make I, that a I, double shot. Yeah. Take a double shot.
3: I spend a lot of lot of my time in airplanes. So I, I I just had a look at some of the boarding pass things history on my um, on my iPad, and I've got something like. Just in one twelve month period, one hundred and thirty five expired boarding passes, <laughs> and and so uh, you know traveling to me is part of what I do, but I'm I, I've become incredibly skilled at it, you know. So Samantha's going to uh, Bali for for a couple of weeks uh, at the end of this week to um, to educate some executive chefs on. Uh, on uh, uh, gast- gastronomic tourism, and uh, I, I, so I'm, I was sitting here and I said, "Well, how are you going to pack? Oh, I'll just fold this up." And he said, well, everything you take out is going to be creased." And said, well, th- that always happened I said, "Well, why don't you go down to Coles, get yourself some Ziploc bags, <laughs> fold all your if the most important parts if, if this way, and." Put them into the plastic bags. As in my chef
2: uniforms.
3: So, you know what? What I do, I, I come back off a trip straight, get all the laundry sorted out. Perhaps I iron my state shirts and all that sort of stuff. I fold them and put them straight into plastic bags, Ziploc Re- plastic
2: bags. Recyclable ones, of course.
3: And, and we've got, yeah, recyclable ones, of course. And, and, <laughs> I know, well, the other ones don't work anyway. But but then then I've got one of these uh, IKEA wardrobe things that are all sort of like a cellular wardrobe, if you like, and they're check shirts, striped shirts, plain <laughs> shirts. I've become really... <laughs> this really is
1: so up. good. This is so good. I'm getting so much from this because I have given up, Normie, on ironing shirts or ironing anything before I travel, and I go, I'm just going to put a half an hour or an hour aside in the hotel room to iron my clothes because I'm sick of ironing before I travel only for them to be creased on arrival. (laughs) And now you have uncovered the secret of millions of travelers around the world that are trying to work this out pre-ironed and nicely folded in a Ziploc bag. Then into the suitcase. This is next level. I did not expect this on today's episode.
2: And there's about four or six chef uniforms ready to go, and I probably won't need a launder, of them, obviously, over there, because I go on to Thailand as well, but it's kind of done. So that work bit, other than having to take knives, which I won't have to this trip, that's kind of done. Does that make sense? So yeah. the organisation which I laughed when I first met him. I was like, oh, my God, who would do this? He must have PTSD. And now I'm all over it. I'm like, I love
1: it. Now it's just called professional OCD, and we love it. Yeah, that's right. And we love it. This is what this marriage is going to complement so beautifully. In about six months' time, when we interview you guys again, you're going to have so much more organisational IP and wisdom to share with us because you're just going to get.
3: Let me tell you something. Yeah, yeah. no woman can do this. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know that's genderist. Um, Keep going. We love it. But, but I can
1: pack for six weeks in fifteen minutes. Wow! But you've been doing this for how many years, Normie, With a with a raging schedule, like this is forty yeah, odd about years. About sixty years. Sixty years. All right. There
3: you go. It's so the, the discovery of Ziploc bags. I I first discovered
1: them. Uh, I'm going to call this episode Ziploc Bags with Normie (laughs) Rowe and Sam going. Forget about the...
3: (laughs) If we we can get one particular brand to sponsor me.
1: (laughs) This is your agenda for today's episode. Sammy, let's mention our Ziploc Bag Trick. (laughs) <laughs> uh, hello to all our friends manufacturing bags, uh, Ziploc variety that need an ambassador, Normie Rose, Sam Gowing putting their hand up. Uh, guys, we have loved this episode of 100 Not Out. Just checking the numbers. We featured you guys on episodes 86 with Sammy, 130 with Sammy, 263 with Sammy, 268 with Normie, and today 483. And I think this is the best news episode of them all yeah. We cannot wait uh, to hear more about this unfolding love story. For everyone that has been inspired by this episode today, go and catch the great Normie Rowe in the flesh, live on stage. He's travelling all over the country, but as a Victorian, uh, he is and go down and visit Damo at the same time. Uh, I'm looking at dates normally July and August. You're down in the Mornington Peninsula, down at beautiful Portsea. Uh, you're at St. Kilda Road, the Shrine of Remembrance in August. There's a lot happening and uh, all the details. You're yeah, going? We're doing the Akaba too at the same weekend that the Portsea
3: gig is on. You can find all the dates, as a matter of fact. On my website www.normiro.com.
1: That's it, normiro.com for all the dates. And for Sammy, the world's number one spa chef, it's foodhealthwealth.com. Sammy, don't know if I can say too much. If you're going over in confidentiality, but you've got a big gig over in Bali and Thailand. You allowed to tell us what you're doing, or is it top secret?
2: Picking up, resuming my mantle as wellness chef. For Club Med Asia Pacific, which um, died in its uh, in the dirt, I should say pre pandemic. So, back to mm. that roving spa chef to do some demonstrations and to help Club Med Bali reignite um, their campaign to bring back Australians to that wonderful island, and also onto another island called Bintang, and then to Phuket.
1: So. Oh well, good luck, and I know you've had, you've got a busy week preparing and putting um uh, chef uniforms Lovely. into ziploc bags and all the rest of it. So That's I appreciate awesome. when you
0: go, Sammy. Just before we go, when you go to Bintung, do you have to wear one of those singlets? Like a bin tang oh, I, that... I
2: was hoping that it would be the island of beer because but... I've
1: got a spare one.
2: Oh, good, thanks.
1: <laughs> 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 like millions of other Australians would spare uh, bin tangs. Yeah, that's no,
2: B-A-N-T-A-N, not to be confused with in tongue. <laughs>
1: oh, too uh, good. Okay. All right, <laughs> but, uh, we can still borrow the cigarette. Best to take
2: a photo for you when well, I'm all
1: there. that, all that <laughs> dried beef. Oh, that that's a bit long. Oh, build time, build time. <laughs> this episode is spiraling out of control at a rate of knots. Normie and Sammy, thank you so much for sharing your story. As we like to wish all of our guests, and we remind you often, may the rest of your life be the best of your life. Normie Rose, Sammy Gowan, we cannot wait where this love story goes. Thanks for joining us today. Marcus, thanks, Damo. Thanks, Damo. Bye, MP. Thanks so much. Now, guys. just stay there for a moment, guys, whilst we wrap this up. To you, Damo, thanks for your wisdom as always. Thank you, Piercy. Well done. Great, uh, great get. Great to talk about this one. Great chat. World exclusive. For more on Damo, head on over to damianchristoff.com. myself, MarcusPierce.com.au. To all of you that listen, watch, and absorb the 100 Not Out message, share this episode with a friend, share it with loved ones. They would love to know this inspiring love story. We cannot wait to have your company again on the next edition of 100 Not Out. Until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now.